Weezy taught me that. What? You know, I'm just a man out here trying to... Pokemon battle begin! Maybe LeBron just needs some competition. Someone to go... I think Bitcoin has a PR problem. I actually brought these, so if I was going to cut onions, I'd wear them. Chain is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Right, like, Wait, well, is he, he wasn't he in special life? Where's the quality? Here we are, episode eight, Positive Overthinker Podcast. And this is something light. Just another uh, conversation, shooting the shit. Me and my partner Cody. Just like to get in a deeper conversation, just see where life is at. Just their job and trial and just the state of America right now. You just needed to, you know, you just gotta express it. You gotta have these conversations with, with your family, with your people. Like it's important to have these tough conversations with everyone around you so you can gauge the climate, check the temperature, so to speak. Like this is important. And this is uh this is just one of those conversations. So once again, here we go. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Much peace, love. Let's get into episode eight. Positive Overthinker Podcast. Here we go. Start off with saying, I seen somebody say that all the stuff that like we as a community like and think is cool doesn't make any money. We like basketball. We like football. We like the exciting shit. We like rap music we like xyz it, it doesn't make any money but all the boring shit that we're told is boring and you don't want to worry about stocks and again investing in 401ks sure. and shit like that sure we're told we're, we're taught that is boring and it's like we, nobody wants to do anything that's boring that's your quote i i remember in school I was taking a class with Mr. Jennings, um, and it was like a history class. And he always wanted to talk about how the people that we knew about and that we thought was rich really wasn't rich. So he would make a statement. He would say, he said this a few times. I don't know if he remembered uh, that he had already told us, but... (laughs) That year, he probably said it at least four times. He was teaching you. Teaching is repetitive. He would give us an introduction to his, uh, to sort of his, the lesson that he wanted to teach on for the lecture. And he would use this a number of times as the introduction. He would say, Now y'all think y'all know money. Man, y'all don't know money. Man, I tell you what, I, I tell you what. You might see, go out there to the beach or something. You might see somebody go by on a little small little boat, just going by the yacht, going by the water, and you say to yourself, man, it takes some money to have a nice boat like that, like $30,000. Then all of a sudden, you see your favorite rapper, Jay-Z, come through on his yacht. Bug, bug, nice, big old nice. Then you look and you see this big old ship come passing by Jay-Z. And you don't even know who that is. Make Jay-Z look yacht. Look like a little, a little bathtub toy. 
And so my question to you is, Evan, is this type of money, how is people being taught or trained in how to step into this world of money? Because I don't believe it's, it's happening at the collegiate level. I don't believe you take an accounting class and you find out how to make this type of money. How is this being passed down? Is it generational? Where parents just tell their children the most responsible? Hey, hey look, this is how you run the business. Uh, well, most. What is, what is, I'm going to say most of the like 1% of the money is generational. It is passed down. It is the Hiltons. It is the Trumps. It is Johnson and Johnson. All that's passed down. You understand? But how is it somebody learn to be the wolf of Wall Street and and come across this? You're right. It's not collegiate. Well, well maybe in certain colleges, you go to college to become a trader, a business major, a, a stockbroker, but you, you got to fall into it. Like you said before, you take an accounting class, Class, that's really just how to manage the money. You don't know where that money's coming from, you just know how to handle it. So you want to get, you're going to have to just like, again, follow the breadcrumbs. You're going to see what are the bankers doing. Again, back in the 80s, that's all we had was bankers. Thanks to the internet, now everybody's a banker in cryptocurrency. Now everybody can be a trader. Everybody can make those same trades that the bankers are making. Because by law, the bankers have to show you exactly what they're doing when they do it. So now thanks to the internet, you can basically just follow them. BlackRock buys 100 shares of Apple. Guess what? You don't have enough money to buy 100 shares, but... You could probably get five. And even if you can only get one. They did it for a reason. They're holding on to that asset for a reason. You can follow them. And the gift of the internet gave us like gave us the, the, the way. It showed us how they're doing it. It's now a tool. Like some again, some people use it for the TikTok and the Instagrams and they're using all those in the wrong direction. So I love like people like EYL and and Derek Grace because they're they're using that tool, but to teach you, listen, you can get up out of this. You can start a trucking company without having no trucks. You can be a trader. You can trade. You can trade the euro versus the, uh, Japan yen from your phone. Make ten dollars an hour from your phone. You can do that. I've done it. But as far as trading Forex on that end, there's no boss. So nobody to tell you, hey, you made $10, take it out. Because as quick as you make $10, you, you lose $10 twice as fast. So in that aspect, it's more discipline and you have to be self-disciplined. And I don't think the community as a whole has that. That's why you steer away from it. Because you think the first time your uncle or somebody tried to put money in the stock market they probably lost it they probably gave it to somebody else who said oh give me your money and I'll do this and this and then there's nothing for them to actually see but entrusting somebody and they got robbed that's just a fact of it 
now that you can do it yourself, you gotta you gotta get your hands dirty. You gotta spend that time in the right YouTube channels, on the right TikToks. I learned so much shit from TikTok, boy, it's not funny. I promise you. There's a so TikTok is not just about fun. People are actually learning on TikTok. Bro, I found so many different websites where you can basically write write a, a post for somebody and they're gonna pay you eight dollars. Write uh, a a essay for somebody and they're gonna pay you for it. It's easy. It's wild, and I would have never knew unless this guy made a TikTok about it. There's so many TikTokers. Yo, I found out, or I didn't find out, I've been new about Sundown Towns still today in 2021. You know about Sundown Towns? No, I don't know anything about Sundown Town. A Sundown Town is historically a place where minorities cannot be after dark. Historically, it is known, they, they say this, there's signs painted across them and there's a trend on tiktok right now where people are letting you know this is a sundown town don't stop here don't uh, for your safety just, just pointing them out sundown towns they will tell you do not stop here bad things will happen to you if you are black gay hispanic xyz and this is like known throughout the town the city Still happening to this day. Texas, Virginia, I'm sure all over the place. And again, this is people on TikTok spreading this information. I'm sure there's people all around Kentucky and shit that need to know that information who knew nothing about an hour up the road they can't stop and get gas because the fucking gas station clerk is going to call his boys and they're going to have a hanging. And this shit is real. That reminds me of something. That reminds me of, you know, sometimes we think things like this is going away, but there was a, a green book that was sort of be passed around of regarding mm-hmm. maps and areas that were safe for African Americans to travel. And the crazy thing about all of this is that uh, the way African Americans have been persecuted and treated in this country, um, it's. It goes on in, in other ethnic groups as well in our country. Why would you say that it's so elevated amongst African Americans? As well as, keep in mind, we are talking about finances and, and how the African American community is stiff on. But why is the persecution so high? Why is the, the sort of uh, denial or, or rejection of, of things like reparations or wealth? Um, uh, why is there such a thing called the miseducation of the Negro? I think which was a book that came out years ago, um, just basically saying how the Negro is not educated to the point where he's able to take his education back to his community and grow his community. Rather, he's educated in how to grow the economy of the white community. Exactly. So just talk a little bit about that for us. I feel like well that's that's a two part question. I'm gonna stay to to this. My first mind went to think is naturally we've been naturally taught this colorism. White is good, black is bad. 
we've been naturally ingrained this and we continue to naturally ingrain it into our children unbeknownst to us would you say that's a part of systemic injustice or systemic racism that um, that natural um, the fact that we've been it's been naturally ingrained in us um, no and in some of those things no. it's hard to even no. how, how do you reconstruct no. what's been no. ingrained no, wait, I'm not a- I think that it is I think that at that part just white is good black is bad since we've been taught that it's it's almost I want to say not natural but our uh, caveman-esque we know I can't think of the correct terminology but if anybody like as close you want to be as close to white as you are you want to be as, you understand that's why we treat light-skinned girls or this or light-skinned girls or that and anything with a light-skinned girl is usually attributed to bouginess or doing anything good as anything to dark-skinned people is usually tough or bad or rugged that's even in our own community so we take that even further up and let's say latin community the same thing with the latin community the latin community is exactly the same as the black community african-american community i don't like using those terms but just for clarifying they're exactly the same they just speak a different european language spanish is a european language people forget that it is a european language those people who were in Mexico and occupied that land did not speak Spanish before they were conquered. It's the same thing as English. The people that occupied this land did not speak English before they were conquered. They started... And the thing of it is, is the, the, the unfair distribution of wealth has been strategically and systemically um, placed in the hands of those Europeans where there was a time, I think it, not until 1960, the Immigration Act was really uh, any other country outside of you know European countries able to just send people. People were just able to just come and live in the United States of America, and so um, and so those white Europeans were able to come and establish a life for themselves and really tap into a lot of that wealth, while other you know uh, racial groups were were, were stiff armed, and especially I mean the whole wild that was going on, you know, white Europeans here in American soil is standing on African-Americans back and allowing other whites to come in, take hold of these, uh, of wealth, and especially if you're coming in with wealth. Um, but, but then finally allowing more immigrants to come in, um, and, and we wonder why African-Americans are usually at the bottom of the totem pole when African Americans have been here for so long. It's because white Europeans were able to stand on African Americans back uh, through slavery, through Jim Crow, through all of this systemic injustice and racism, um, while keeping other immigrants away as they have built such a league and have, again, strategically placed the wealth in the white community. Um, what if, so what if, that, what if all that comes from just identifying as African American. What if that's law? What could very well be. Uh, exactly. So it, it, no, not, it's not very well be. It is. It is. 
It is. Well, I'm, I'm not sure because I'm, I'm the only reason why I'm not sure is because I believe the term came up from Jesse Jackson maybe in the '60s. Exactly. African Americans, or whatever you want to call them, Negroes, Black, Native, Black mm-hmm. Africans have been mistreated prior to um, the, the, the term African American being used. In you, law they don't. They because they don't have a nation. It's made up. Hispanic is made up. Hispanic is the term. Hispanic is maybe 75 years old. Abuela's older than that. That's exactly my point. How can you be Hispanic? You lose you lose that. You lose your nation. You lose your rights. You're United Nation. You're protected. You become part of the system now. You become you're African American, you become part of the system. Noble Drew Ali taught us something totally different. And he found his way out. There's a lot of people out here that's doing their research and understanding this classification you, you have as black means something legally. And but you wanna be it so bad. You can be black and proud, but I think that that was a, a hoax. I think I I don't I don't think slavery happened as we're taught it happened. I think we're taught to to be able to give up our our native land, which is right here in this land, America, Turtle Island. I think we got tricked on by the pen, and we just keep getting tricked by the pen because it's designed that way. We're designed to that no matter what we do, we're still gonna be black, so we still identify as that. There's nothing wrong with it, but legally, it has ramifications. Like we can't, we can't, we can't want, like there's a reason it's, 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 it's black and white. There's reason there's legal, legal terms to free white persons. That's a f- real thing, and it does not mean Caucasian. Caucasians are not free white people. The lines got blurred. People like to think like uh, Lincoln freed the slaves by what was it? What, what the uh, Emancipation Proclamation? Right? Yeah. That's what freed the slaves. Yeah. That's what people think. Yeah, but the slaves still free. No, time out. But through the land, that it, it made a change, right? What if you were never slaves to begin with? What if you vo- almost not volunteering, but you were tricked into this position? Because an emancipation, a proclamation is not legal. There's no law. He didn't pass a law to free the slaves. It's just a proclamation, but the, at the same time, it is that I, I would just say, Folks could have just been mentally manipulated into believing that there was force physically yes. to accept that. Yes. And the manipulation came alongside of it um, to sort of mentally train them to, to stay in it and to stay there. Um, hating someone. That came to church. What, home. That's the assistance oh, of the absolutely. church. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a great fight that's happening in the church right now where the Southern Baptist Convention, which could also have been referred to as the Confederate Baptist Convention, 
where there are certain places who are technically in the north, like Kentucky, but they consider themselves southern uh, because they sided with the ideals of the southerners. And and for for for, for years, uh, these churches have not only just stood by and watched um, things like you know. Uh, Jim Crow, things like you know lynchings and things of that sort that happened to to black people, African Americans um, in this country. Not only did they stand back and watch it, but they compromised and also played a part in it um, in a significant way. And so, a lot of um, a lot of churches today is now calling out the Southern Baptist Convention. For their actions in the past. Now, back in I think 2010, they came out with a statement, um, sort of uh, confessing of their the history of their sins. Um, but it's still such a challenge where you have again racism being passed down through the generations, and it just getting more sophisticated in terminology and, and how to say certain things to make it seem like you're you're in agreement. Uh, while all the while in your heart you hold on to certain thought processes hold on to sort of your privilege and rights uh, that you believe that are God-given to the white race. Um, and, and so it just gets very, very messy when you not only have these ideals um, regarding um, other races, but then when you stamp God on that, when you say God told me I am more superior, uh, when, you, when you begin to take out uh, passages of scripture because of your fear that slaves will learn to read and really see that God is a God who doesn't um, doesn't uh, sit well with injustice, doesn't sit well with one race uh, uh, taking a power of authority and, and, and domination over another race. Um, it doesn't sit well with the, with, with the true God. And so you had all types of things happening. To, to, to continue that sort of manipulation, more mental manipulation now than physical, but it, but it started with the, it started with the automatic weapon, I would assume, um, where you either get in line or you get your life taken, or um, and and, um, and sort of that force. Um, you see, I, I you think know. it started way before that. Don't don't think that automatic weapons started to get in line or you get your life taken. That started with the. Before the Crusades, and that started with like the first realization of true power. Genghis Khan was was how you think Genghis Khan conquered the world the way he did? Slaughter. Get in line, you gonna join this army, or you gonna lay down? So that's not that's not that's that's human. But here on American soil, like obviously you have different, you know, metals or weapons that you can shape. Different, you know, people has been trained to, to slaughter people and for soldiers and warriors and things of that sort. And you have, you know, a great number of those people come into a village or a city, a country to take over. Obviously, you know, if you're outnumbered, if you're outskilled, no matter if they have an automatic weapon or a screenshot you're going to surrender to their authority. But here uh, in American soil, um, you know, starting from 1619, um, when the first slave supposedly was, was, was brought over, 
Um, not to say there was no Africa, there was no Africans already prior here in the United States, which wasn't the United States at the time. But I would say what really, uh, what really changed the game is when a person doesn't have to even be close to you to take your life. And so the automatic weapon standing far away and telling you, no, you're going to do this, um, forced a level, in my opinion, a level of submission from um, Africans um, to go along with the mistreatment. Okay. If they wanted to, if they wanted to care for their families. You speak about handguns. Okay, yeah, you're talking about like handguns. Oh, you say automatic weapon. I think AKs and shit, and that didn't come along till way after. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for that. Yeah, that wasn't clear. Yeah, just, just guns. Yeah, guns in general. Agreed. But the way they, the way they really got it, there was a general. I forgot, it, I forget his name, but you're right about that he would go and he would trade guns with the uh certain tribes in africa for people yeah. and then you go like that and then he they he start a war and the war would go over there and he just sit back and watch see what happens and then whoever won he always had more guns so he go clean up and get the rest of those people and he just kept doing that like that was that was part of it it's not to say that people were fooled it was a different time in the world it's not like this nobody to say knew that this was happening as we know it is now the, the weird thing about all of this and as we as we move things up to the modern age it, it seems like it's sort of two different worlds occupying the same space um I remember having conversations with a family who was legitimate billionaires. I didn't know it at the time, but uh, looking back on it and doing some some research that I didn't do at the time, I found out this this is generations of billions of dollars of wealth. This, there's a family that's buying up all this property in very expensive communities in residence in Orlando. And, uh, and we had, my family had a, had, a, had a pretty good relationship with them. They would invite us out to their house in, in Windermere uh, and, and walk in the house, big, beautiful house. Um, they have like a, like a real like army suit, like the, like the tin ones from, you know. Uh, a suit of armor? Going back, like a knight, yeah. Yeah, suit of armor. And, and he's, he's like standing up and you got him like on the wall and he's standing up and he looked like heavy and like, I mean, full real armor. Um, they had a chair that was used as a prop, I believe, in the Chronicles of Narnia or something like that. Um, it's, I mean, these people were extremely rich that I didn't, I didn't know they had that much money at the time. I remember they was always ahead of the game. And, and this, here's what I mean by two different worlds. It was always ahead of the game. Like, um, they would always get information about something that's about to happen before everyone else. Before the news say, hey, uh, we just got word that there's a bomb threat, they already know. And they're spreading word to the people that they know. Hey, look, just stay away from these malls, uh, that one in particular. 
um, and some information that um, is sort of a long pregnancy at that time. I mean, just always ahead of the game. And um, I remember just talking to them, and they would share different apps that they would be on, different apps that they would use. And these apps were just, wasn't really known by people. Maybe had like 3.7 stars. But it's just a whole nother, and their social media, like they have social apps that's so just for rich people, only they know about it. And it's, it's sort of this separation of, of classes, um, and separation through wealth, uh, where wealth has been situated and kept in one particular uh, group of people. Um, and, and there's really no way in. And it's very difficult for them to even get out. I mean, we see the same thing happening with, with Prince Harry, who, who wanted to get, get up out of some of that money. Um, but it, it is it is that what I, what what I, what I was what I would like to highlight as far as like we began the conversation saying, hey, Jay Z got a nice big pretty yacht, and somebody pulls on the side of him and make Jay Z money look cool. What in the world? Who in the world is these people? How do they get to the point where their wealth is so situated, so kept? Is it through real estate? Is it through business investment? Is it through stocks? Um, what What would you say is the most common way that um, these wealthy people are 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 gaining and and, and maintaining wealth? The most common way all world is real estate. That's it. Worldwide is real estate. You own a couple of apartment buildings. Everybody's paying you a thousand dollars a month. No matter what, your your overhead is nothing. You're set. Like it's it's always what you have and what you're building and what you own and and it's ownership. It's what you own. You're not you're not paying eighteen hundred dollars worth of rent when you can pay seven to own it paying that $500 a year taxes instead of paying instead of paying that again that f- however much your rent would have been after you own it is ownership again it's just like and I don't think I, th- I think it's again the illusion because at the time you probably didn't know about Twitter or you didn't know about whatever app or Snapchat or whatever that they was already on but it's not. It's it's all an illusion because they're finding it out just like everybody else. They may have plugins to hire officials that say, "Hey, these these malls or these whatever is doing something." But it's it is always about who you know. But as far as how they keep the wealth, they keep it by having you think it's a secret app. The app is for everybody. They're just not. You're just not using it the way they are. You're not plugged in the way they are. It's the same shit. You don't have the same group chats as them. They're all using Apple iMessenger, but you're not in the same group chats as them. We got to start at Tyler the Creator. Had one of my favorite tweets ever. He said something like, somebody called me nigger and expected me to get excited. He's like, Something like black people also get excited over gold, gold chains and Jordans. Like it just doesn't excite me, it doesn't offend me. Like it shows me how stupid you are. 
but at the same time, he's right. Like, gold teeth and Jordans. Like, gold chains and Jordans. My nigga, I, there's a pair of Jordans that I damn near want to spend $300 for. And I want them just to put in my closet, but I want them. You understand? And it's like, and there's somebody right now who bought them. It's probably a white kid right now or whatever who bought them and is going to sell them to me for 350 just because he knows I want them. That's nothing in my exploitation with like my thought on the exploitation of culture and Dame Dash and everybody telling you these are culture vultures. This kid Benjamin Cakes is a corny little white kid who is not cool. You wouldn't, he'd get beat up and punked on the street any other day. But because he sells DJ Khaled shoes, I'm supposed to like pay more or like respect him for what? Like, I don't, like, I will slap you. You understand? Like, there's not, there's no, like, there's nothing about you says, like, I, I should respect you at all. But for some reason, this, like, he's, he, all of a sudden, he's the man. And then he can buy all your sneakers that you want. And he can manipulate the game so that DJ Khaled and the Migos and whoever have to come to him to get, you understand? Just because just he positioned himself well. And it, it's, it's, it's not it. It's not it. Because now, because now, I don't want to sound like I'm hating, but now the dude who didn't have it or who wouldn't have it any other way now feels like he can get out of pocket. I seen plenty. I just watched a YouTube video. Of somebody running down on him because he was he was just he was just being disrespectful, and he was like, "Bro, I'll beat you the fuck up." Like I don't like, like I don't know. This is not Instagram. This is not YouTube. I don't care if you're Benjamin Cakes. I will beat you the fuck up. And then you you, you seen him the real him come out. You seen him realize that like he doesn't care about these Jordans on my feet or these Yeezys or anything else. And I'm a I'm a stranger in this culture. You understand? I'm I'm not like I'm I'm a visitor. They let me here. And then he paid, gracefully bowed out or, or or actually stepped behind somebody else who had his back. Some other black guy or whatever else who was running around, but you can see in his face he's like, damn, none of this shit matters right now. I could and the only, only thing that could break it down was somebody that looks like me or somebody that looks like him. That's the difference. Like you not you don't you don't buy certain shit from just anybody. There's like certain rappers out like Jack Harlow. People love this kid. But I'm like I, I don't buy it. I, I I don't feel like I don't know. Like I don't know. But again, it's, it's he could be great. I'm that's just me judging him off the music video I seen. And I'm like yeah, I don't know why people like this kid, but he seems cool. But he just doesn't to me. It doesn't seem authentic. Seems like, but again, I could. That's just me judging somebody. I could be completely wrong. I'm just. I shouldn't even be putting them in the same class. But just because they're white, I'm just. That's just the authentic of it. You know, the, the thing that's fascinating about all of this is there's a term you used earlier, for lack of a better word, naturally engraved. And just sort of some of the things that we begin to believe and it shapes our entire culture and and it, it's almost it's 
it's almost in a way that they would be more familiar with our culture than we even are. With at least the culture that they have shaped us into. Well, they study I mean it. They is, study it. I'm sorry? They study it. We know well, for, for a long <laughs> time, for a long time, white women have been the main consumer of hip-hop music. Back when they were tracing CDs and who was buying CDs the most, like 75% of it was white women. Let's be clear. Actually going out and purchasing CDs. Could, I mean, well, it could have, who knows, it, it could have been for their white, you know, kids who just loved hip-hop, loved Dr. Dre and loved, you know, Easy and them boys. Right. Um, but, okay, even then, you would buy that. You would buy that for your kid. Think about the time and the era. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, they buy you know things. You know, allow their children to watch rated R movies. They they buy you know Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, but when your kid, when your kid, a lot of times. This, this is a conversation from probably for another episode, but a lot of times, like the way I see it is, is right now is the only time um, in history, at least, where you have the younger generation parenting the older generation. And so the question is, man, mom, would you really buy that for your kid? Yes. Because the one who runs that house is the kid. If mom doesn't, she don't want to deal with the punishment the kid is going to put her through. That's deep. You went, you went. You went left. Mom, mom buys it. Okay, I said no. That's deep. You went left with that. I was thinking more of along the lines that why, like, if your kid gets in trouble in any way, shape, or form, they go to blame it on the rap music they listen to or whatever else. But if their kid listens to the same exact CD or same exact song and listens to the same exact gangster rap that they would vilify your child for, it's not even a mention. It's not even a a, a thought on on what caused their child to act out or do whatever. But as far as the dealing with the child, if you don't, that's that's that is different. You're right. Absolutely. And so, with these things being so engraved in us, and I think you, you've even shared um, with the, the light skinned um, black woman, you know, red. Uh, I think you shared some things about that. I remember um, holding a, a sort of a, a, a training, a teaching series for young students over the summer at a church that I was a part of, Rejoicing the Lord Ministries in Orlando, or Apocalypse Florida. And all black church, all black church, uh, 98, 99% black. And during this teaching series that we have for young teens and, you know, uh, I believe it was like sixth grade and up to um, 18 years old, um, we asked, so it's a boys and girls, same room. And we had a professor from, from Florida Atlantic University um, who taught on this African-American history and, 
and things of that sort. Uh, and he was there, and he was sort of teaching the, the, the students, and he asked them some really good questions. But he asked, by show of hands, how many of you boys would like to someday marry a black woman? Skin tone, black skin. Darker hue. Maybe two or nothing. It's about 12 boys. Then he asked, how many of you would rather would marry a light-skinned woman? Red-skinned woman. About 10 hands or nothing. Then he turned around and he asked the girls, how many of you girls want to marry a dark-skinned man? Pretty much all of the girls' hands were Young black girls or black women see the value in having a black man, a dark man. But black men have accepted the idea that beauty is found in the lighter skin tone. Harvard, uh, some professors from Harvard came out with a book called Blind Spot. And in this book called Blind Spot, they basically expose some of the implicit biases that we have. And it's it's really an interesting thing to do. They also came out with uh, sort of this test they call the race test, where they place images before your eyes and you can either press E or I in order to say which one is good or which one is bad. And the faces that appear is white face, black face. And questions that they have is, which one are you more afraid of? And you have to answer it with speed. And they ask more questions similar to that. And it's interesting to see how many black people actually see black people the same way, the same negative way that white people see. There we go. Let's pause it right there we're naturally trained this way and it just it just carries over and we can express it deeper as in humans okay there's no reason we name foods right but we have angel food cake and we have devil food cake which is angel food and which is devil food you already see it in your head the devil food is the dark chocolate cake. The angel food is the light white fluffy cake. That's just the way natural. When we go to colorism, we apply it to people, and then it becomes it becomes something different because now we apply attributes of certain people with the negative of the color. So we have to break it down deeper again onto like a carnal level on why our brains function like this. Because we've been put in this fashion unbeknownst to an actual reason, but it's changed our DNA. You gotta understand why Massa went and slept with everybody in the every slave she had. And when the babies came out, they then worked in the house. He wanted to be close to his kids. 
to everybody else, oh, the light people, the light skin get to get to sit in the house. The light skin, because she looks pretty, she's closer to white. When the white slaves came, yes, there were white slaves. You seen 12 years of slaves, that's the one time you seen a white slave, they were treated better. They couldn't see themselves harming someone that looked like them. What kind of message would that send to the other slaves, the Africans, the natives, the Moors? Because they're Moors. They just didn't know it. They were whipped by the pen. If they could read and understand the law, they could have walked up right out of the courthouse and said, yo, this treaty right here says different. I'm out of here. Or actually, I'm going here and I'm getting my land back. I'm staying here. This is my land. Here's the thing, though, Evan. When you have control of the law, you can decide whether you follow it or not. And you, I think you've talked about this before as well, is the law is, is made for, for, for black folk, really. Where, and what I mean by that is, is it, it's rules for us to live by. Correct. And, and, but when you are in control of making the laws, you also have the privilege of breaking them. And so, yeah, you may have a black person say, hey, look, I put my hands up. A black community of people who saw a black man put his hands up, surrender his life, and yet his life is taken. And the police officer gets away. Or in that particular day, you may have somebody stand up and say, no, it's against the law because of blah, 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 blah. So we made it. idea that by force, by physical force, they impose a will. By force, they snatch pages out of the Bible and present it to us, whatever they wanted us to do. By force, they, 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 they inserted their, their genitalia into black women. By force, they did these things. And so, it's whatever they want to do when it's their law and their system and what they believe their world. And so you can say, no, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's the problem here according to your law. So what? Yeah, man, so what? What you gonna do? Still murder, still get away with it. Well, at that point you did. I mean, wasn't was wasn't that what Martin Luther King was pointing to? Hey, look, man. You said here in the Constitution, I assassinate him. So it don't matter, bro. If it don't matter, then why buy it? That's what they want you to think. They want you to think it don't matter. They killed him because it mattered. That shit matters. Especially the Constitution, Article 6, Section 2. The only supreme law, the only supreme law 
in this land is the treaties that came before the constitution which is that with the moors and the natives of this land that is in the constitution it is written in the constitution we could take that to constitutional court they could have taken that to constitutional court we're talking about the 1800s back then but there's people who did it it's on record the Moorish Sundry Act 17 something google it look it up the Supreme Court said well by this treaty and the uh, the treaty of peace and friendship I could be wrong in which treaty it was but I'm, the treaty of peace and friendship has a lot to do with it also and it's all written there in code. It's written there in code. Here's the only thing with it. Is no lawyer was able to come across that and point that out. Where? No, no, no lawyer knew of that. Of course they know of it. Of course they what? Of course they know of it. It's there. It's in the Constitution. Yeah, and, and so why? And so why not use that in defense of protecting the innocent, in defense of protecting the people? My my logic and my logic alone is he wasn't his proper persona. He was under the jurisdiction of the court, and by that, I'm saying. His Moorish title, he was not aware of. He was not, he was subject to the court. He was black. Once you lose. Does that law still exist? Yes, that law still exists. Is it, is it, is it, it's, the, it's still in the Constitution, right? Yes, it hasn't changed. Has it ever been used in the courtroom to defend those who are innocent? Yes. YouTube it. You can YouTube Moors on, in the courtroom all day. And they they run in circles, but look up the end end result. I've I've studied heavily, heavily, but I know I still haven't scratched the surface. But I know Noble Drew Ali has cracked the code, and ever since then, it's it's been a movement, and it's either you know it or you don't, because you you've messed up once. And that's your ass. So you can either go ahead and run with it, what they've they've given you, what you signed up for, because that birth certificate is really what signs everything in. Talk a little bit about uh, Noble Drew Ali. Noble Drew Ali was a regular, born, thought to be African American, quote unquote, like everybody else, but he, he was somewhat profit and he just came into some altercations and figured out that some of these things don't add up this constitution means something you abide to the constitution what does this in the constitution mean where where are these these letters that george washington had with the sultan of morocco at the old fellows court which is legal tender not legal tender i apologize this is money which is legal documents, he's on record with hundreds of letters floating back and forth with 
the Sultan of Morocco over this land. You have to think they they, they were signing they were signing treaties for this land for with Morocco. You only sign a treaty if somebody else has rights to the land. But we're taught that they came over here and discovered some shit, planted their flag, and now this is America. You had a war with the with the natives, and you won. Now this is America. But you had a treaty with a whole country in Africa over this land. This land was already occupied and owned by a major, um, I wouldn't say entity, but a major civilization. Christopher Columbus is Christopher Columbus is documented coming here and saying he went to uh, Hispaniola and Cuba and saying he went there and seen the most beautiful mosques he's ever seen. Christopher Columbus now. You graded you credit him with discovery of America. He came over here and seen the most beautiful mosque he's ever seen. Who built that? But they don't tell you that to tell you there was Indians and teepees and that's it. Now what what's the Protected under the treaty, also. They were already there. There was already trade between the natives and Morocco. What they don't tell you is that on that boat, the Santa Maria, it was it was navigated by a black man. Columbus didn't know how to get there. He had to take a moor with him to get there. They tell you they all you, all you get is him. Him and a bunch of white guys getting on this boat and then coming to America. No, he had to be navigated there multiple times at that by this moor. People people think like moor, they, they take, and it's gotten so bad now, back to what's engraved in us, people take moor as a bad term. When when Prince Harry got married to, uh, what, what's, what's her name? Marshall, whatever. Was Prince Harry got married? What was this lady's name? Yeah, she's a sister. She's a black lady. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I forgot her name. But when he got married, one of his aunts or somebody wore a pin, a Blackamoor pin. The pin cost like $5,000. You know, just a regular pin your auntie wear to church. You feel me? Yeah. Now, it's a white lady has a Blackamoor pin on, and it made national news coverage. And the company's called Blackamore. It's a highly respected, highly expensive fashion brand. And she was dragged for it because they thought they was making fun of her. No, she was paying high homage to you and your ancestry by wearing that. That's not no cheap pin. It wasn't made to be ugly. It didn't look ugly. It was a like a black woman in beautiful garb and it was a beautiful brooch. But people took it and found out it was called Blackamoor and drug it to hell. 
when she was really showing you respect because she knows your heritage. She knows who's who. And people just didn't understand it. And just and she was like, all right. And she even had to say something about it. Now, this is just a, a royal. Somebody who went to the royal wedding. Like, it's wild. Like, they, like, she would have to say something about her pen when she's clearly subtly paying homage to this union and how major it is. But people didn't understand that this white lady understands better than you are who you are. I'll tell you this. 85% of the slave ships didn't even land in America, bro. They went to Brazil. That's fact. That is fact. So let's say, let's say out of, let's just do some numbers real quick. Let's say out of 100 ships, 85 went to Brazil, 15 made it to America. All right? Out of those ships, 500 people could be on those ships. Now, this is just average numbers to make the numbers easy. You feel me? So 500 people start off on those ships, and they make it across to their voyage. Now, we know at least half of them die. So 250 ships make it across their voyage. 15 <coughs> land in America. You already know how many people died already just from handling and who wouldn't fight and everything else. So that leaves, let's say, that leaves about 10. Let's say 10 ships or worth of people. I'm sorry, the number of people. I said 15 ships with 250 people. Let me get my calculator just so I'm correct. Think about this. 15 ships times 250 people, 3,750 people. You understand? Yep. You think that's enough people to enslave and start a whole country? No. For the numbers to start, you would need people who are already there. They had... You would need people oh, who yeah, are yeah, people here. exactly. But that's part of the reason why. That's part of the reason why you can go to Africa, get that much people, that much slaves, and the majority of them go to the smaller places, pieces of land. The majority of them go to to, to the Caribbean. Yeah. The Caribbean is not nowhere close to the same size as the United States. So why are you taking so much there and so little to the United States? Why are you taking no? Why are you taking so much? Because this land already had. Exactly. Why are you taking so much to Brazil? The rainforest where nobody's at. You can now go repopulate that area with people. This already this pe- this land already had people. There's this idea that there's such a separation. We don't typically see that. It's the same powers that be, the same powers that was, who, who said, all right, we're going to take some here and we're going to take some there. That, that's, that's a unit. That's, a, that's, that's one group. It's not, you know what I mean, oh, well, you got those who was racist to, 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 to the people that live, you know, now in Puerto Rico, you have the people who was racist to, to the people that live now in 
Like, now all of that is one basically entity. One group. Who, who treated, who, who basically divided things in, in, in such a way and have been reaping the benefits of that ever since. Yeah. Slavery in that way, yeah, Spain, so, uh, Europe, the Queen. So I keep saying, people take Spain. It, it's, it's a European country. You think of Mexico. If somebody looks like a Mexican when you think when you think Spanish, just because we're on this side of the globe. Spain is a European country, which was full of Moors too. Like. It's wild. It is wild, the actual history and why it is what it is and the funny twist that we get over here. We get... You don't hear anything from anybody in South America about slavery. They think it only happened to blacks in America. They, they think they were all native Indians and they just became smart and now they walked away out of the jungle. No, you had slavery worse and way longer than America did. They were just so good at it, they don't tell you about it. It's not in their history books. At all. At all. You have no idea when statistically you had 85% more slave ships land on your land and work 10 times better than America did. But America gets the mental fuck of telling you that you are a slave and you came from Africa that immediately takes you off this land that immediately immediately takes you and puts you in some type of freeform abandonment you have no idea where you come from you have no idea to attach to and so you immediately assimilate and you're forced this slave shit down your throat a million slave movies roots 19 times a year I'm talking about like the 80s and 70s and 60s and coming up and this is reinforced in you over and over and over again to keep you in that loop and mentality be happy if you get just a little bit more you were a slave <laughs> you feel me you fed that when in all reality you look at these pictures of old pictures of George Washington and you see the little black kid or the little black guy behind him and he's dressed in like the big puffy hat and shit you see him we've all seen him and wonder like damn he, he was nice to his slaves right or you see a picture of an old yeah. a, a olden time in his, but the black guy is dressed nice for some reason he has a hat and he has like a maybe a map or something right we're told and we all just automatically think damn that's a he was good to his slaves that's a, that must have been a nice slave no he was a moor he was free he was above the law Complete difference, bro. And we're not but, taught that. It was, it was it was such a a weird time though, bro, where it was. I mean, where you where you had, you know, those who were free, those who were uh you know didn't they had some folks that did not have to participate in those things, but but they did. They bought into the idea that this is the way you make wealth. And they slave their own people. This is the way you make wealth in this country. 
Yeah. And that goes back to back to the gun. Once you introduce this to the, the native tribes and well the originally native tribes were already taking captives. They weren't slaves. They were captives. And it was something totally different. Like cause if you they weren't wiping out entire tribes. They were they had tribal wars, but the whole tribe didn't die. You understand? It's different. But when when you introduce this level of of chattel, the world immediately changes. Once you accept this is the way the pale man does things, and you just have to assimilate. Like you said, once that pistol hits, we look at time totally different. Like that shit is not that far ago, not 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 that long ago, and the things we're taught to like hold on to is 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 what is not what should we, we should be held on to. The world should know about Noble Drew Ali and how he worked his way through the Constitution and understood that what this is not this is not the way people should be run. And worked his way through the writings and the notes between George Washington and the Sultan of Morocco. There's hundreds of letters in Congress. Tell us a little bit about Noble Again, I don't, I don't, I don't want to misquote him because I'm not, I don't have my my note right in front of me. But but he, he he's a, he's he's around, you know, during you know what time frame? Is he sort of influencing uh, the audience know a little bit about a figure who's, who's done such a great work like that? Let me see. Again, he again late eighteen hundreds. He, he was born in Chicago. I'm gonna read his. I'm gonna read his. Uh, Central America again because I'm not I want to be properly versed when I speak on especially something like the Prophet Noble Drew Ali he was born in the 1800s and I'm going to give you just a quick synopsis of my understanding because I'm going to have to go back and research him more now too just because we're diving back into proper subject matter but Again, he was born into just being black in America in the 1800s. And he knew, I forgot exactly what, because there's a documentary I watched, and there's, there's something that triggered him and forced him into law, into the books, and into understanding why we're being treated like this and why we signed up for it. You understand? And why we keep falling for it. They do it because they can. You understand when when in this treaty you have basic diplomatic immunity is what we understand it as today's understanding there's literal law the more sundry act is an actual law like it happened and you everybody knows you take once it happens once and it's passed through supreme court it can be used again in law cases are referred to again and again and again in law purposefully 
but you have to be in your proper proprioceptor. If you identify as black, you can't identify as a Moor. You can't be a Moor. You identify as black. And what is black? Black is dead in the eyes of the law. A dead person in the eyes of the law. Literally. That's what it means. So you can they can treat you however they want. Think about it like this. You've never seen a civil rights lawyer anywhere else on the planet. Civil rights now. Civil. Just 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 play fair. Just be nice. When, when you want civil rights, you're just asking somebody just to leave you alone, basically. Just be nice. Just treat me fair if you want civil rights. And you have never seen a civil rights lawyer anywhere else on the planet. That shit is created just for this region, just for America. Well, you need wow. to ask just for civil rights. You know what the rest of the world has? Human rights. Complete different. Completely different. You have to go to court just to get an understanding for somebody needed to treat you right. Because you're classified as this. You understand we don't understand why minorities or or other ethnic groups come over here and just and just boom. They have a nation to attack attach to. The government has ties with these different nations where they have to set up the uh, immigrants. Immigrants not a bad word. There's treaties and shit signed all the time with other countries to help their people here in this land. Jews get millions of dollars a year, a year to go back to Israel from the government. From the government, millions of dollars a year from the government. You are here. You understand? You opt in to be African American. They can do whatever they want with that. That was created here. You opt in to be black. They can do whatever they want with that. Chinese come over here, everybody else comes over here set, they get their paperwork in order they say, oh we get this grant, oh we get this oh okay, let's set this up we got a corner store, we got a restaurant, okay you gotta get it from the ground up well not really, there's really grants and all type of shit you got, but you gotta, again, you have to read and understand and want to know about it all that boring shit that goes back to, that circles back to all the boring shit that we're told it's boring. Don't worry about it. While people's getting free grants from the government every day. It's not that, again, that's nothing about the plight. We're taught the plight of the African American and we're taught we need to live it. We need to suffer and we don't need that. We're not here to, to suffer. But we're taught that like to suffer is the great thing. It is, don't get me wrong. It makes you humble. But that's not what you're here for. 
that is not what you're here for. And in the plight, that, that kind of makes you accept becoming a second-class citizen. Mentally, you're already accepting the struggle. Mentally, you're already accepting somebody's going to have it better than you just because of whatever, because their eye color. And that shit sets in you subconsciously. And so we already react based on the subconscious and so now this becomes characteristics of the lower class. Which somehow then becomes cool, then becomes slang, and then becomes what the upper class want to emulate. I take it back to like when you say black women in XYZ and it's, it's again I have to take it back to like weave and straight hair while we want to get weave and straight hair and bundles to our ass they want to get cornrows and braids like fro you straight locked up the fro let it lock and grow they want yeah they want dreads they want their kids to have dreads they want their kids to be you understand We trying to emulate them to be to be better and, and and move in this fashion to be a more right to be more appealing probably to black men. Wow. There's no reason like again now you want eyelashes six inch eyelashes. Who wants six inch eyelashes? That's some old. That's some old thirty. 30s Marilyn Monroe glamour shit. Nobody, where did that get sexy? <laughs> when did that pop? Hold on, give me two seconds. Let me see. What the hell is something crazy my water just turned on like by itself my water hose it's crazy my water hose just turned on by itself I have no idea it's raining outside and I hear like I'm thinking they're spraying the houses or painting and I'm thinking I thought they were done painting so I go outside and my water hose is turned on Nobody can get in. My, my gate is locked. Nobody came in. I'm looking at the door, but my water hose is turned on. Somebody must have, uh, sometimes when they don't work like that outside, yeah. they, they ain't got the supplies that they need. I have a hose cooked up to my shit. Nobody came in. Nobody did anything. And that's my dogs grew hands and turned that shit on. Some type of phantom turned my water hose on. That's crazy. It is crazy. 
Weird shit like that been happening all over my house. Keep it real. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing just like shadows and different stuff just here and there just popping up. And like things just like... I had a dream like that I was hovering. Think about like the sixth sense when you just... You're floating in the bed. I had a dream that happened and I f- and then I fell back to bed. But when I fell, I like headbutted my wife because I was like... I was hovering in the bed, like actual projecting, but I like fell back into my body. But I literally fell like, boom, like back to the bed and I was positioned differently and I hit my wife in the head with my head. And I didn't even like really notice it. And I was like, she was like, you must've came from like at least two, three feet in the air. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I don't know how or why, but I remember like falling she was sleeping we were sleeping I need to put that shit on camera I need to get some type of camera I just got a ring with me. I don't got no one for like the bedroom I would like take my bedroom but I need one for like like a motion to record the house like inside the house now shit's crazy I literally felt like I was levitating but again I could have just been sitting up and fell back and hit her. She's like, she's like, that could have happened too. I'm like, that's true. But in my dream, I was levitating. So, I don't know. Yeah, man. That was a, that was a, a great, a great episode. Let me pause it. Yeah, so that's episode eight of the Positive Overthinking Podcast. I'm your host E My special guest Pastor Cody G I appreciate that boy I appreciate you It's all love You as fans As listeners We appreciate you also I wouldn't do this Without y'all That's just Honest to God truth I appreciate every one of you listeners Way over in Germany Across seas California Y'all starting to pick it up I appreciate it But over and out, this is E, Positive Overthinkers Podcast. Peace.